Hello and welcome to When Worldviews Collide, a radio series led by Pastor Barbara Holmes Brackett that details the differences between a Christian and a socialistic worldview. And today we are continuing to discuss her book that she wrote herself uh, just last year or the year before? Uh, 2018. 2018, entitled Economic Alchemy is the Key to Unlimited Wealth, subtitled Biblical Principles of Wealth Transference. And I guess a good place to begin today would be what is economic alchemy? Economic alchemy is, well, alchemy actually is really the beginning of science. In the beginning people spent a lot of time trying to take base metal and turn them into gold. They thought that was a really good idea, except that they didn't understand that God made gold and he made other stuff and you can't switch it around. Mm. But they started to, this quest actually caused people to look at science and develop how do things work? How do, how does, what differ, what is it, what's different between gold and iron or other stuff. And that actually was the bedrock. That quest was the bedrock of science. Of chemistry. Everything. All, all scientific. But what's, what's interesting is that it led to a principle that is not found in the world's scientific endeavors, but is found in the word of God. Hmm. And that is that God does create something from nothing. Mm. He's been doing it forever and he shall continue to do it forever and ever. So our job is to find out what does he want and what does he want from us? There's, there's a proverb, proverb eight, that talks about that he will give us witty inventions. Mm. And that's something, a witty invention is something that no one knows about yet. Mm. It is. It is something that doesn't even exist yet. That's why nobody knows about it. It does, hasn't been brought to, to light. I'd like to, to go back and give a little history. I was, reading, I was reading the Bible as I do daily, and I was pondering Proverbs thirteen twenty one. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. And I started to think about that and think about that and think about that. And there were a number of presuppositions in my mind that that was kind of going against. And so I was on the George Washington Bridge in Rhode Island, and I was having a conversation with the Lord. And I, I asked him, how are you going to bring about the transference of wealth from the wicked into the hands of the righteous? How are you going to do that? And as as a CPA, I kind of thought, well, maybe I have something to do with that in helping mm. people at some level look at it. And certainly part of my secular job is to make sure people are doing the best by, by their resources. And the Lord, I really feel like the Lord said, um, I am going to give you the ability to earn it. Mm. I had spent a lot of time in churches and ministering to people or, or meeting with them or just talking to them. And their, their presupposition of the transference of wealth is 
they were going to have it drop into their lap. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can see that there is some space for that in that. And, and the end of the old Testament in Malachi, when the Lord is talking about giving, he talks about that. He will pour out a blessing on us when we give the tithe and offering and bring it to him. And when we give offerings, even, even over the tithe, when we bring, bring those offerings and tithes to him on a faithful basis, it says, and I will open the windows of heaven Mm. and it will not, you will not even be able to contain it. It will be poured into your lap. So I can see why that, that kind of sit back and, twiddle your thumbs and rock on the rocking chair and say, okay, God, I gave, okay, so can you now dump it on me? Mm-hmm. And I, I even envisioned that as being in a room and all of a sudden the room is filled with popcorn. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, he loads on us and, 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 oh boy, oh boy. Imagine if the popcorn turned to gold or something. That'd be nice. Wouldn't it? I do like yeah, that. I, I thought you would like that. Mm-hmm. So I started to think about that, but his answer wasn't that. His answer was, you are going to earn it, to which I audibly groaned. Mm. I've known, and I myself, I probably work during tax season, I probably work 90 hours a week. And all year round as a sole proprietor, you have to work more than other people. It always kind of makes me laugh. Somebody will come into the office and they'll say, I want to start a business so I can work when I want to. And I, my response to that is, you want to know what my response to that is? What? You get to work all the hours. Mm-hmm. It's not when you want to. It's you have to, you have to do it because guess what? The buck stops here. Right. Who are you going to pawn it off to? Mm-hmm. So it kind of gets me nervous when people think that, oh, if I start a business, I can work less than other people. And that's very far from the truth. And that's probably why most businesses that that are started fail in the first five years. Mm. Because the paradigm of, okay, well, I can do this job when I want to, is not one, first, that's reasonable. But secondly, it's not one that pleases God. Mm. Want to know why? Why? Because, and we've talked about this before, the root word for work and worship is abad. It's the same word. When we work, we are literally worshiping God. Mm. And that, that is, that's a very, very important aspect of our walk with the Lord, that what our hand finds to do, do heartily as unto the Lord, not as men pleasers. We are literally not even working for our bosses when we have a job that we have to go to work for somebody else. Mm. The other, the other thing that is problematic for many Christians is, is a aversion to wealth. Mm. That they feel as though that when you're wealthy, you are somehow not biblically based. Right. It's not a, it's not a good thing. I've certainly met a lot of people who have that assumption. Yeah, I have too. And, and I, I can see. I can see some of it. it. It tells us in Matthew that Jesus said it's easier for the camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, mm. kingdom of God. And 
And so, okay, what does that mean? Is that saying, don't be rich because you're not going to get into the kingdom of God now? Or it doesn't mean something else. One of the things that many people don't know is that the eye of the needle was an entrance into, into the city. It mm. was one of the gates into, into the city. But it was low. And camels, which were the means of getting goods goods from one place to another back then, mm-hmm. they didn't have trains and planes. And automobiles. And, <laughs> and automobiles. No, no trucks. And so they used camels because they could carry a lot. And they were able to go for miles and miles and miles with the water that they stored in their hump. Mm. And, and so they didn't need to stop frequently to rehydrate because they carried their hydration source with them. So they were excellent means of getting goods from one place to another. They took a while, however. Mm. But that particular gate, the eye of a needle, was low. So in order to get a camel into that, you had to take all of the burden or the things that that camel was carrying and take it off the camel. The camel would have to get on its knees and go through that that way. Mm. So it was it was intended to say if... If the if the stuff has you and you can't let go of it, you're not gonna get there. If your if your money and your wealth is more important to you, you're not gonna be able to get into the kingdom of God. I think it's especially telling that in that analogy, the camel has to crawl. It has to essentially get on its knees, and that's I think almost unanimously, like universally a sign of submission. And that's that is a huge point. Good, excellent point. We have to submit to the Lord. If he can't trust us with something because we are too much into ourselves, we are not going to be those that are chosen for the transference of wealth whole paradigm in, in that we will not have what we need, that inner integrity, that total dependence on God, the total being willing to do what he says, even if it doesn't make any sense. That that won't be there. And so we're having to take off all the stuff that, oh, this is mine. This is mine. I'm good. And look what I got. That has to be put aside. That's an excellent, excellent, excellent point. So as we as we go forward with this, the fact that we are going to earn it is also something that, that is troubling to a lot of folks. They do seriously want to be those that have, that can sit down and just wait for him to dump it. Mm. But what about the word work? Mm -hmm. And when he said you're going to earn it, there are goods and services that the Lord is waiting for one of his people to take the time to spend time with him in an atmosphere where there is a close communication between God and that person that will allow them to receive the new thing that God wants to give us. I can remember hearing a prophecy by a man. All of a sudden, he started to, and you could tell that he was hearing from the Lord. And he started saying, he said, the Lord is saying right now, I had things I wanted to give to my people, but they wouldn't listen. Mm. They literally would not listen. So I gave them to the world so that my people would have access to them. I did some research on the posty notes. 
we have post-it notes in the office everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, uh, it, it's almost like they multiply. And literally, that was as a mistake by a 3M, 3M company, one of, the, one of their inventors. It was a glue, and it didn't work. Mm. But the man who had invented it was in the choir at church, and he used the post-it notes to keep track of where he needed to be mm. and found out that it had a very great use. And so he used an an unrighteous government to give us something, mm. and he'll do it again. Right, and uh, there's a lot of uh, talk about witty inventions, education, family, business, and other Christian topics in her book, Economic Alchemy is the Key to Unlimited Wealth, Biblical Principles of Wealth Transference. You can pick it up on Amazon if you would like. That's by Barbara M. Holmes. And we are finished for today. So thank you so much for joining us. You can tune in same time, uh, same place next week. And we hope that you have a wonderful week. Bye-bye.